I'm Christian Humes. And I'm John Paul Murphy. And you're listening to Watch World. And today we'll be talking about the 10th film in the Harry Potter franchise, the Wizarding World franchise. I guess this is the 10th film in the Wizarding World franchise. It's not really in the Harry Potter franchise. It is part of the Harry Potter universe, but now that's called Wizarding World. Anyway, we're here to talk about the crimes of Grindelwald, which is Wait, let's do the, the full subtitle title. to the Fantastic Beasts, but it should be the whole title. So it's, it's Fantastic Beasts, the Crimes of Grindelwald. Yeah. Fantastic Beasts, colon, whatever, underlined, the Crimes of Grindelwald. And if that was all kind of confusing to you, then you should understand that the film itself is just about as confused as the title and where it belongs in this series. Uh, so let's jump into it. John, you and I have had a few discussions about this. We had a brief discussion on our Zeitgeist podcast. I think, because we don't want to uh, just pile on here because that would be very easy. And when you start piling on, we just start to sound like the social media parrots that are out there who are sort of disregarding the good notes in the movie. I think it would be smart to, uh, anytime we, we throw out a few criticisms, make sure we'd be like, hey, here's a moment that we ourselves enjoyed from the film, because there were quite a few that I liked. But why don't we uh, take ourselves through the story of The Crimes of Grindelwald? Where does it begin? Where do, oh, um, so it begins basically right where the last movie kind of picks off a bit, um, with Grindelwald basically escaping his imprisonment. Yeah, uh, he's, he's been being, there for about six months. I believe. Yeah, he's being transferred out from New York and going going to London. Um, he pulls basically what is equivalent to um, uh, what's done in The Fugitive, and you know hijacks his own little train and takes it and. It's a very dark, confusing, stormy, shaky cam sequence that is really jarring. Yeah. It was during the sequence in which I first started to fear a number of problems with the movie, which uh, I believe were legitimate. Um, yeah, I would say so. I think I think right up front. It, actually, the, the opening wasn't as bad as far as like it was just like, okay, this is an action sequence. We're doing it. It wasn't until the next sequence of when I was knew there was something off about this movie. It's when we right. get, we get to London and it's new in the he's waiting for a meeting in the Ministry of Magic and everything about this is shot poorly or weirdly. The writing's off. The like the acting is just like stale. <laughs> yeah. I think there was a, a huge problem with momentum in this movie in where scenes felt like they were moving way too fast or everything was uh, stuck in slow motion, like nothing was happening. Or there were times where it was like you caught someone in the middle of something already going on, but it wasn't like you were thrust in there in a good way or a fun way. It was just like you're suddenly, it was like you were trying to catch up. Like the scene was already happening when you entered it, but <laughs> they didn't, they didn't do that on purpose to give you a hectic sense of um, uneasiness because they wanted you to feel chaotic in the scene. They just did it because they were like, oh, okay, well, we, we don't have time to even introduce. They're just going to have to figure out through context clues what's happening here because we have a lot to cover and we're going to do a lot of exposition. So they're going to have to just figure it out and follow along. It did feel like a first draft that just went immediately into, into shooting. <laughs> like it, you know, it's kind of like they, yeah. had all, they had all these ideas. Yeah in it and they threw it all together and then they never really took a step back and looked at it to say like does this make sense are we spending enough time here like working on this so yeah so what's interesting to me is um 
in previous episodes of Watch Row, when we've talked about Harry Potter, I have brought up a the only Marvel movie that I personally am not a fan of. It's the only Marvel movie I dislike, and that's Doctor Strange. And the reason I brought that up in con- in conjunction with the Wizarding World franchises is Doctor Strange does something that I really, really dislike, which is they oversaturate you with so much magic that none of it ever feels special. And in this movie, it was just nonstop magic, so many new kinds of magic, which I'm fine with. And some of them were brilliant, so clever, but there was so much of it that none of it seemed important. It was just, it was uh, so, um, it just used, like wasted. It was, it was like all of it uh, just didn't matter. It was just a commodity. They commoditized it so much that it, it could have just been air. And it was also ephemeral that it just like was there and it was gone. And none of it was given the time to feel like it mattered. No, I would would agree with you basically um, with all that because I felt like the magic was in overabundance and not used properly. And, um, you know, I think it basically, you know, like the the death curse was used so just flippantly, (laughs) which was like kind of jarring because in the Harry Potter movies, it's used at a very important times and very like it means something when people do it yeah in fact we you know we've seen auras and we know auras will um sentence people to death or like we we know like we know auras have fought people and things like go to life or death situations and even during the war in hogwarts like there there was murder even from like people on the good side had to kill the bad guys but at no point did they ever say during that that it's okay to use the killing curse and we saw that green light up left and right suddenly like at least maybe this is a point in history in which they uh similar to how you know there's a move to abolish the death penalty maybe they're at a point in history where they were a little less uh thoughtful with their magic you know yeah i just that that was i think kind of a strange interesting thing and just you know like just little things throughout every every scene you're just kind of like it makes you wonder like why did that happen so it's like grindelwald like who were the people that followed Yes, like, why did they kill that family to then take residence in that, like, that French apartment, you know? It wasn't like it was, in, like, had any importance for anything other than a meeting space, <laughs> you know? Yeah, <laughs> they holding... also could have used one of many mind charms to just, like, have them be their hosts, almost. That I don't really care about because it's like, okay, like, they, you want to show that they're, like, dangerous and, like... Yeah, but in some ways that's almost, that would almost been more dangerous and clever uh, there's a moment in the first season of Jessica Jones where the bad guy does that because the bad guy in the first season of Jessica Jones, what he does is he can actually sort of uh, control your mind through suggestion. He he has a, an ability where if he says something to you, he suggests something to you, you're compelled to do it. And we've seen Voldemort and like we've seen magical charms do that in the Harry Potter world. It almost would have been so much more devilish if he was in the house surrounded by these muggles treating them like his servants than if he just like sent in his goons to kill them and they were gone. That is true. Um and then other things like and I think this more puts on more with the direct the direction of the movie with David Yates who I feel like has kind of worn out his welcome on these movies a bit. Time's up. <laughs> like um just like I mean the way things are shot David I, Yates oh. and Johnny Depp need to both go. <laughs> yeah yeah um but like so they you know the whole like french the paris diagon alley they don't really do a good job of setting what the parameters are no because they go when newton kowalski go into that thing and then they start kind of looking for where tina is 
they run they run and then like next thing you know they're like kind of outside the alley but it's like you're not quite sure if it's the same or different they never really do a good job of like setting the you know the the muggle world with the magic world in paris yeah which is a shame because then that is followed by one of the better moments in the story and the one of the few times where the magic seemed really special and interesting is when we saw his like sherlock holmes spell where he was able to sort of see it was like a weird vision radar he was able to see moments that happened being lit up it was a combination by the magic of, like, in the area it's like when you dust for prints but instead of yes, prints yes it's, that's exactly what it is it's like a magic things in time as they were it was like a magic print yes yeah. that's exactly what it was it's was very cool it was one of my favorite moments of the whole movie but it was surrounded by everything that didn't work so if you were already in a bad place if you weren't able to catch up and, and realize what was happening in that moment and get into the right zone, it's all lost on you. So explain the plot of the movie to me. So the plot of the movie is we know Grindelwald, who's committed a series of crimes in the past because this movie is not about crimes that he is now committing. <laughs> uh, I mean, that's not true. We know that he's going and killing people during this. But but you wouldn't really call still. that like serious crimes in terms of, 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 in no. terms of the stakes of the movie. No, like the titling of this muggles. is was yeah. so silly. They shouldn't have used the Fantastic Beast. It should have just been the secondary title, and it should have just been Grindelwald. Yeah, the rise that, of Grindelwald. Yeah, exactly. The return of, of Grindelwald. Any of them. <laughs> it would have yeah. been fine. And uh, so Grindelwald's a bad guy. He is compared in many ways. Voldemort, he's like a proto-Voldemort in some ways, where Voldemort wanted to necessarily maybe kill everyone. Grindelwald wanted to rule over the Muggles. But he also, I mean... He's one of those good. Vi- he's supposed to be one of those good villains where you can empathize with him a, a little. Lot of um, Ozymandias in Watchmen, um, who was all about like humanity is going to destroy itself, so we need to yeah. trick it into and yeah. controlling it because that's how the only way we're going to save the Earth is by like but, you know controlling people. But par- so it's it's complicated though because he's both correct because he is seeing the actual future that so there's a there's a moment in the film where he sees and shows World War II and the coming of the technological marvel of the atom bomb and tanks yeah, during his, and future warfare. Rally that he has. Yeah. <laughs> now, it's it's complicated because both he is correct about that. Like, he is making something that you can empathize with. If you're in that world, you're like, you know what? Like, we're hiding from these people that we shouldn't allow to sort of make us live in the shadows. And then they're going to possibly put us all in danger and themselves. But at the same time, he, he doesn't actually believe any of those things and he doesn't want to do any of it for a positive change. He's just using that as a way to get people to rally by his side and to do evil things. He he sort of does want to rule and, and he wants to put the muggles in the shadow. But of, the, there's a little bit of gray area, what you're saying. Yeah, yes, there is a little bit of gray. Whereas Voldemort was like, he was a snake being. He was just... Nagini! Yeah, he was... He was so lost. You know, of all the characters that people raised a huge hell about, and I understand, it's it's a shame there is no good people of color representation at all in Harry Potter, let alone women representation. So when you get to women, <laughs> women of color, it's like, okay, it sort of sucks that the one woman of color has a blood curse. Like, that's a bad luck. I do think the idea of a blood curse where someone's cursed into turning into, like, a snake is totally, like, an interesting and cool concept. Maybe I mean, they could have... You... You do have you know, two women of color in the movie with Lita Lestrange. Yes, that's true. But there's, out. but none of them had like starring roles. Is the thing is is one of the major complaints. And after yeah. having done the previous Harry Potter films and ha- having them write these from scratch, this was an opportunity for them to make those changes 
and they still didn't. So okay, that's so we, why there are a lot of people who are upset. So but, back to the plot of the movie. Um, well, no, so that's what I was getting to. Okay. I was just going to talk about <laughs> Nagini's story really quick. Everyone made a huge hell about it, but she was barely in the film. And her story is relegated to you having to use the context clues with her and Credence hanging out to understand that he didn't treat her like trash and like a subhuman. And so she went along with her, which I which then we're supposed to, I believe, think that. So since she was a human that will become a snake, since Voldemort can talk to snakes, Voldemort still treats her like a person where no one else in the world would because she's trapped in a snake's body. So that's why she would allow herself to partner with Voldemort. Because it's the yeah. only he's literally the only person on earth. It's that's like a it's like a him. detective Pikachu situation. Exactly. Yes. <laughs> Just not as cute. Not anywhere near as cute. Nani. Okay, but back to the story. Um so okay. So basically, yeah, so you, you just laid out the groundwork. Voldemort wants to take over the world. I guess as part of his plan, Dumbledore is in Grindelwald. the way. Grindelwald wants to take over the world. Grindelwald wants to take over the world, but Dumbledore is <laughs> in his way. And they yes. cannot kill each other because they had a previous relationship and they took a blood oath and they're yep. bound by magic to they can't hurt each other. Yep. So Grindelwald's like, the only way I can hurt Dumbledore is if I get a really powerful being like an Obscurus to do so, which is Credence, who I guess they set up at the end of the last movie that he's still alive. I would just like, it's a little bit weird. But anyways, okay, yep. so he's still alive. So the plot of the movie is that everyone's trying to find Credence. You know, like the bad guys are trying to find him so they can Even kill Credence Dumbledore. is trying to find Credence. Even Credence is trying to find Credence. Um, so not only do you have Dumbledore, you have the Ministry looking for him. You have Grindelwald and his people looking for him. You have Tina Goldstein from New like has come from New York and I guess is in Paris and doing it. The only person that doesn't really care is Newt, who just wants to, you know, be in his stable of animals and take care of them. John, he just wants everyone to meet in the middle. Yeah. He's he doesn't real... think we should have to choose sides. He's being real, real both sides are, you know? Yeah. <laughs> I mean, that is what was happening. Yeah. You know? And then there's it's like, like Newt's Commander thing. is very much the story of someone who stands on the sidelines and like how that can do more harm than good. But if you can get someone to get motivated by some falling in love, then they'll do yeah. any, then they'll get on a side. Well, if J.K. Rowling knows anything, she's clearly shown that she knows that men are motivated by attractive women. Yes, especially ones that are highly educated, intelligent, yeah, and have a passion for their craft. Or if they come from a powerful bloodline. Yes, but the Newt's story, I don't know. I feel like I like Newt as a character. Now that I think more about his, the storyline in this movie, I don't. I guess it was fine. Yeah, because it's like him, sort of. Coming to grips with that, also coming to grips with his brother, you know, and then there's a whole like Tina thought he was still in love with his ex. Yeah, who let's was engaged to the brother. There's, if I think about it right, there's a handful of plots. You have Tina and Kowalski's plot. You have Grindelwald and Credence. You have Grindelwald and Dumbledore, and then you have Newt and Dumbledore, and then you have Newt and Tina, and then you have Kowalski and Queenie. You have Queenie oh, no, no, I said, oh, I said Tina and Kowalski. I meant Queenie. Yeah, yeah. I meant Queenie yeah. and Kowalski. Okay. So there's like five different stories going on. I would say Newt's, the ones Newt's were involved in were the best. Queenie, I think, was the worst story. Hers was the <laughs> hers was the least believable to me of everything in the movie. I would be the opposite. You mean Queenie or Tina? Queenie. I would disagree, actually, in that, that point. Her turn was so unearned. It felt to me so much like Anakin Skywalker becoming dark. Yes, it is unearned and it is poorly done. But as far as like 
setting up what who that character is and like they're going to be attracted to what Grindelwald is offering. That kind of made mo- the most sense as a storyline. <laughs> yeah, but you the know? result of it is is so poorly done that I think it undoes the work to get them there because all of the work that they did was for that result. You know, it's like they wrote if, that story so that she could be in that position. But I would say of all the female characters, she was the least poorly written. <laughs> you know, like Tina had nothing to do. Right. And either did. Yeah. Well, none and of, the, basically yeah, none had nothing of them were written. Well. Give a backstory. No. Yeah. They didn't do but at least a serviceable job for any any woman in this film. But she like I'm comparing it to almost X-Men. And oh, this Queenie, did feel like an X-Men movie. And Queenie had the sort of rogue kind of character situation yeah 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 where she yeah. couldn't really quite connect with people because she was constantly reading their thoughts and that's why she and grindelwald is magneto and like saw that there was something interesting in there in that belief and so followed him so basically this is x-men the third one this movie yeah you know there's a lot of things you have to think about with this movie for instance how do we feel about almost all of the hey you remember this thing from the previous Harry Potters. That, I, I I know we've talked about this before. I'm not as, like, I will discount that as you kind of have to do that in these movies. I'm okay with it if world, it makes sense. And even, even if it doesn't necessarily make sense, it didn't really help or hurt the fact that, like, the rest of the movie was not good. <laughs> yeah, that's true. That's true. But, so, um, Nicholas Flamel was something that he was shown in a trailer and people deduced who he was. I was actually kind of excited about that because that was a character that was like, oh, this would be a really interesting person that we really don't know anything about. He's just a name that we had heard of and we know he's a powerful alchemist. This could be like a really cool, interesting character. Maybe he'll send Newt out on like a mission and and that'll be the impetus of his grand adventure because, right? Like that's where I thought they were headed. But instead, he's just this old man whose house they stayed at who, even though he looks like he's falling apart because he's like 300 years old and he's decrepit, he is still powerful enough to stop this insanely powerful magic that we've never seen the likes of before at the end of the film. That whole safe house, like Flamel's like safe house sequence made no sense because essentially they bring the Yusuf guy uh, there. Who's um, might be the worst written character in the whole movie. <laughs> one of the worst because he's like sick and he passes out. So they bring him there where they discover this parasite that's like basically for the plot purposes, knocks him out for a few scenes. So then, you know, things can move along, I guess. <laughs> but then they enter this safe house. I guess they don't meet who you assume that it's empty or they make it seem as empty. But then I guess Nicholas Flamel is living there. So then later after Newt and Tina leave and leave Kowalski there with this guy, then Flamel comes shows up. And he's like, oh, hello. Uh, yes, Dumbledore said that we be guests coming. And... Even though Kowalski wasn't in the scene with Newton Dumbledore where he gave him the note. So it's like characters are not there for the payoffs of <laughs> that were the setups earlier. Yeah. And then on top of that, I don't know if you caught it, but he shows the Philosopher's Stone, the Sorcerer's Stone. He shows us the Philosopher's Stone in his safe. And then there's this really bad crystal ball sequence in which oh. it's like it's it's reminiscent of Wizard of Oz a bit where, you know, it's like Kowalski sees Queenie in it and he's all like, starts yelling at the crystal ball like it's a thing, <laughs> like it's a radio. And I wanted like Flamel to be like, no, you idiot. It's just vision. <laughs> and then he runs out before he sees all the vision 
And then Flamel sees the part where it's like bad shit happens. So he's like, oh, well, now I have to go. There was another thing in the movie, and I think this is something that... So when I first heard it, I'm like, oh, this is cool and interesting. But now I'm, I'm kind of on both minds of it, which is they've introduced a, Nost- a Nostradamus-like character into the lore of the Harry Potter universe. I think his name was Tycho Donis or Tycho Donna. Yeah, but the whole prophecy thing. Did we actually see that character, or is that just that they talked about it? They just talk about it. I mean, it sounds okay. like he's he's very old and probably dead. Like, these are old prophecies. Yes. Let's talk about good things we liked about the movie. <laughs> I really enjoyed the cat dragon creature. That the was the best dra- part of the movie. Oh, the Chinese dragon? Yes. Yeah. That, uh, gr- gritty? Yes, Gritty. Gritty was awesome. Gritty was hey awesome. There, brother. And uh, the Niffler made a comeback and pick both the two the two favorites probably from the first movie made their comebacks in this the niffler looked even better he i mean there really isn't a uh platypus pokemon it's the one pokemon i'm still always waiting on uh it's one duck is kind of like it no he's mm-hmm. he's not he's a duck uh okay. there's just too many he's things got that, a bill. he's he's literally he's yeah ducks have bills psyduck is literally a bathtub yellow duck he I'm could, not saying that he it's could not, not a be duck. closer to looking like a bathtub duck, which is nothing. I'm just like saying a platypus. A platypus has a lot of similar features to a duck. Yes, sure. So I don't know what what your problem is. Because anytime I say that, they go, "Well, Psyduck." I go, "No," because it's not. They're two totally different species. People are saying, folks. People are saying. So I love that little thing. It's so cute. It's so cute. Yeah. But Gritty was amazing. The one well-written part of the movie was when they did incorporate that into stealing the blood oath, you know, sort of. uh, Which was cool. I liked that. I liked liked the blood oath. Uh, It's like a new version of the killing curse. And again, Uh, going back uh, to the... the, uh, the... What is that called? Not the killing curse. The the, unbreakable bond. Yeah, the unbreakable bond. Yeah, Um, the unbreakable oath. But this goes back to the... I think you and I, the biggest problem with it was that we really enjoy the Fantastic Beast side of things when it comes to this world, which is new, you know, finding, exploring, capturing, you know, helping creatures, and then also using those creatures to solve problems and a lot of the problems. So there are moments in the movie where that they do that, and that's like, I think, the best parts of the movie. But then they're trying to also jam this sort of larger world, big kind of epic story between Dumbledore and Grindelwald going on. And almost like you just want to be like, let me take that out and put that in a different movie. Like, let's just keep these as these sort of newt-centric adventures, you know, and we'll go from there. And and so and it's almost like reflects in the title because it's like you start with Fantastic Beasts and then you're like, oh, but we're going to jam in this other story within the title too. And it's, I think that's that's the biggest problem with the movie is it's trying to be two different movies in one. Mm. It uh, is a very confused film. I While we were talking, I was Googling... So it's the pro- it's the predictions of Tycho Dodonis. And the predictions of Tycho Dodonis was a book that captured uh poetic prophecies of Tycho Dodonis known to many people at the time such as like Dumbledore. One of the predictions people think has to do with Credence Barebone, Little Strange, Corvus Lestrange, uh and this was the actual prediction that they talk about and it's such a huge part of the movie and yet you'd never know it because yeah. <laughs> it's just like littered throughout it as well as the rest of the movie is just littered with little pieces of stuff and they expect you to somehow juggle all of it and put everything into like the neat little box that the movie should have done for you, but it didn't actually do any of that. Uh, the prophecy says, a son cruelly banished, despair of the daughter, return, great avenger with wings from the water. Like that's 
the prediction with and, and that supposedly tells the story of everything that happened um i don't know we had the whole prophecy thing is what runs the whole harry potter franchise in the first like saga i don't know if we need Tycho Dodonis being a new prophecy for the these five movies you know what i mean it's like I like the idea yeah. of a Nostradamus-like character, but we just had that already. So now that I thought about that, <laughs> as like Harry Potter's whole, the whole reason they thought he was important and that Voldemort killed his parents was because of a prophecy. It's like, do we need to do that a second time? I guess so. Also, I'm glad they, I didn't like that they, they did it again, but then I'm glad that it it didn't work. Was that uh, once again, Polyjuice Potion is used again in this movie. Oh, I appreciated that a lot when it just, it, it failed so quickly. Yeah, I'm hoping that this is a sign that like they're just not going to use it that much anymore. Yeah, but you know, it's just like every movie. It's like, oh, we have to, we have to sneak into somewhere. I'm going to change my appearance using this magical ability. <laughs> well, know. you know, that's something to remember when when we were watching the Harry Potter movies. Something you pointed out was they were all mostly like little mysteries, right? And they all had like a mystery to solve, and they were very sort of straightforward and if you paid attention to the beginning, there'd be enough clues to sort of figure out where things are headed and then the reveal, like the twist would happen towards the center and whatever you thought they were setting up, it was going to be slightly different. Both of these movies were very different. They were actually just all about identity and it was just about who is this powerful wizard and who is the bad guy. And then in this one, it was sort of the exact same thing. It was like, which among us are bad and what's the real identity of this person now that we know who the powerful wizard is, who actually are they? Yeah. What do you think about the reveal of him being a Dumbledore? Because I personally hope it's a lie. I think it's a lie. If we're going back, if we if we look into Grindelwald's character as a whole, if he's willing to tell people maybe what they want to hear so that he can control them, it makes total sense that he would lie. Also, I think you pointed out it's like a phoenix doesn't just appear for a Dumbledore. It appeared for Harry Potter. In a time of Harry need. Potter yeah, in a time of need. And it also it's it's also it was like friends of friends of Gryffindor. Like Fox was a real animal that existed. It didn't just like show up and act like fire, which is what that phoenix did. So, I saw I read a really interesting tweet someone said, and they said that they think that the phoenix that Credence saw was actually a boggart and it was Grindelwald's greatest fear, which would be Dumbledore, like the phoenix would have represented Dumbledore. So that Grindelwald used a boggart because we it, they reminded us specifically of the boggart earlier in the film, and that Grindelwald that uses the boggart to trick Credence and then obviously trick us, the audience, so that he can make him think he's a powerful, like he he's entitled to something that Dumbledore has kept from him. Yeah, that makes sense. That, that, that would be, I would I would be yeah. super into that. I'm hoping I'm really hoping because there were good ideas in this, and it was just you're right. What you said about it needing an editor is true because. The script and the directing were the two biggest problems. And if they had a great editor on the script, and if they had a, a great editor and, and a, like someone also to just tell the director no, hit him with a stick sometimes. Better director. Yeah. Just then, um, it, it could have been, been a better, better movie. movie. Yeah, it could have been. Yeah. A, it could have been a better movie if they had cut things out and just done things differently. It could have been a better movie. And there are three more than these, so um, I hope I hope it, it it turns out that way. That being said, it's not a terrible movie. You should people can totally enjoy it. It's not. It's not a terrible film. Like, it wasn't devoid of fun moments. There were totally parts of it where I was having fun. Uh, I'm not saying it's good. I'm just saying it's not terrible. <laughs> yeah, but I wouldn't recommend going to see it. No, I wouldn't either. Unless unless you're really into that stuff. Because also, if you're the kind of person that just likes the magic and you don't care too much about, 
a lot of the details. Like if you, I would say if you like Transformers movies, you and you like Harry Potter movies, you will probably like this because this reminds me very much of like a Transformers movie. It reminded me of an episode of TV almost, it, like in the middle of a season. Yeah, except with like the action of a Michael Bay film. Yeah, but in, ter- in terms of like a lot of complex character things going on and they're juggling different plots it almost felt like you're like let's dive into game of thrones season five yeah way too big of an (laughs) ensemble cast i felt like and too many plot lines happening for the second film right yeah again you just need to like piece it back and just pick the the things you are most important you can spend real estate on yeah but it feels like she decided she wanted to do more movies because she decided she wanted to write all these things and instead maybe she should have just written another book Probably. Maybe she should have just written a book so she could she have actually tell, detailed these things out. She just wanted to tell a story about um, a girl being annoyed with her baby brother and swapping on a boat. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> also, the whole thing with McGonagall being the wrong age, it's the first time the chronology has annoyed me. I'm still okay with it to the extent that none of the dates that are mentioned in the books have been mentioned in the films. So they can totally sh- like fudge those things. But there's no way in hell I'm ever going to believe that Minerva McGonagall is anywhere near the age of Dumbledore. So... The simple fix for that is to say that that is Minerva McGonagall's mom. And then they can do like, oh, there's always been a McGonagall Hogwarts. Like, I would love that. That would be such a fun little line. You can solve the whole thing in the next film. I'm sure it won't happen. I'll be disappointed in two years. <laughs> not enough. Not if enough protests happen between now and then. <laughs> not my Dumbledore. <laughs> not my McGonagall. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> not my McGonagall. Um, I still did enjoy a couple things. I liked the Fantastic Beasts. They were my favorite part of the movie. So. Yeah, like enjoyed it. My, you know, a lot of stuff. Um, you know, there was there was times when Newt, either it was like social awkwardness, or I was joke, I was joking with someone. It's almost like he popped a Molly before scenes, and like it was just like he was drugged out. So they would do these like weird drug POV scenes of him like looking at Letta or Tina, and it's just you're just like, what? What are these choices? <laughs> I guess. But obviously, if you're a Harry Potter fan, you should see it. Yeah. If you're a casual fan, yeah. I don't recommend it. Yep. Unless it's free. I agree. Um, Wait till you can stream it. And and I guess I'm I'll be excited. I'm I'll I will watch the next movie. I will not yeah. be excited to do so, but we'll see. Yeah. There's no reason they can't turn around. I mean, realistically, this is the first out of ten movies that I would say is bad. Yes. So that's true. There's no reason to believe that this is what we should expect from the rest of them. This should be assumed as the exception to the rule, not the new rule, but we'll find out, you know, because it could yeah. go and either w- way. And WB, get your shit together. Yeah, please. For real. Uh, John, Paul Murphy. Yes. I know we're still doing, for folks at home, don't worry, we're still doing Doctor Who. We were also just covering uh, Harry Potter Wizarding World this week, since we did that previously. Uh, we'll be going back to Watch World, but John, is there anywhere or anything else you'd like to tell the folks at home about? Um, no, just uh, keep following us on Zeitgeist and this show, and we'll be keep doing Doctor Who and finding some stuff after that, and also wishboning. We got to finish that, <laughs> getting down, getting down the last few episodes. Um, and it'll be a new year soon. So new year comes new opportunities and new adventures. New year, new you. Uh, I hope everyone has a lovely holiday. I hope you've enjoyed our watching of the harry potter franchise this will remain in the harry potter season on the watch world uh stream and then we'll be returning to doctor who as john said and uh please continue listening leave us a review engage with us at hashtag watch world thanks everybody for listening and you have to admit he's got style (laughs) 